Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Reflections on Black Mirror. Actually, the first one of the new year. So happy new year, Dan. Uh, happy new year to you as well. Although it's probably I've confused you because at the time of recording it's Boxing Day, yeah, right? So you, you didn't actually you didn't actually pre-warn me you were gonna say that. But I was gonna go along with it. I was gonna adapt naturally and pretend it was a new year, but thank you. And I was gonna say it's the, the festive period, so I thought what better thing to do than watch Black Mirror and, and then discuss it. I mean that's the Christmas viewing, right? Yeah, indeed. Just as festive as Die Hard. I'll get started on that. <laughs> Ironically, though, actually, this episode was set at Christmas. Did you notice that? Oh, do you know, that, retrospectively, now you've said that, there was obviously a couple of mentions to Christmas, but I didn't yeah. clock it on the way through, no. So I'd like to say I timed it well, and I'd like to also say we perfectly timed it for a new episode, new year, new series, but I think that's just good luck on our part, right? Yeah, potluck. I'll cut that bit out and say we planned it perfectly, so... <laughs> We are looking at Season 4, Episode 1, USS Callister, written by Charlie Brooker and William Bridges, who did Shut Up and Dance. I kind of wanted to point that out because we'll probably talk about it in the episode, but to compare this episode to that one, so remember that was the uh, the webcam blackmailing one. First episode of the full series, as I said, aired on Netflix along with the rest of Series 4 on the 29th of December 2017. So hence why I think this was a like a Christmas, in quotes, episode. Brooker said the episode was based around doing a Black Mirror version of a space epic. And it actually began, it, it was an idea that began during the filming of Season 3 episode playtest. Yeah, and we'll probably discuss this in the episode, but unlike many other episodes, this actually does have comedy in it like out-and-out comedy, and also special effects, which, again, I'm sure we're going to talk about. And in 2018, the episode won four Primetime Emmy Awards, including Outstanding Television Movie, Outstanding Writing for a Limited Series, and was nominated for three other Emmy Awards. So, yeah, it was. it's fair to say it was well-received. So whether we'll receive it well is another matter. And just one other thing about it, it was partially inspired by an episode of The Twilight Zone called The Good Life about a boy who has godlike powers. And this is one I found bizarre, a Viz character. So you know the older comic Viz for adults, a character called Playtime Fontaine, an adult who makes people participate in childish games. Now, you, you said you've got something specific about this episode and your history with it, didn't you? So yes, this this episode was um, the first Black Mirror I ever watched, and it's the one that got me hooked. Um, I think was I really liked the storyline of it. I don't know why, but I'm like, wow! I started watching Black Mirror. Did you say this came out in 2017? Yeah, yeah, 29th December. So I feel like when I started playing on Netflix, this was the first one on the playlist, and I don't know if that's because they ordered them weirdly because of a whole Channel Four to Netflix crossover or something along those lines but this one was definitely when I hit play on Black Mirror this is what this is the episode I hit and I also thought that every episode was going to be a continuation of this story as well so when they said Black Mirror series so I thought it was all going to be based on this on this starship throughout the entire time I got a bit of a shock when I played the second episode it had nothing to do with this one (laughs) well here's a question for you then if you had watched the first episode would you have still have got hooked on it so you know the, the national anthem is there two very different episodes right yeah i think i would have done i think my intrigue okay. um would have taken over and uh carried on watching it there's absolutely I think there's, opposite ends though aren't they i think there's some episodes where that's not the case so um i think yeah. you know if we, if we watched that if i watched that 15 million credits one first yeah I don't, i'm not convinced i would have switched on for a second one okay well it's going to be you leading this one but I, I was just going to call out a few of them the main characters so you've got jesse plemons as robert daly Kristen miliotti as nanette cole jimmy simpson as james walton and michaela cole as shania lowry now i call her out because she's one of two people i know that have been in more than one episode of black mirror i thought she had i yeah. recognized her from another episode so she actually no, there's three I can think of. So she was the person in Nosedive. Remember Nosedive, where the character goes to get on a flight. She's the the person behind the desk. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. good spot. There is another one. I think 
Hannah Carmen. I can't remember her full name, but she was in a couple of episodes. There is one. Now, I wouldn't have known it, but I'm going to save it till the end. But there is a cameo of sorts in this episode. I don't know if, I don't know, if you know it. No, no. Perfect. We'll, we'll, come, we'll come to the end of it. We'll come, oh. I'll mention it at the end. So, yeah, over to you for the episode. Yes, so um, this episode starts with an old-fashioned Star Trek scene. Well, yes, it's, it's filmed in the, the manner of Star Trek. And it's all based around a mission where it looks like the captain is looking to take some risks and the, the crew don't necessarily agree with him. And then the risk kind of pays off and he becomes the hero. So you sense very early on that this captain is the hero um, of, of this Star Trek scene. To a point where it gets a little bit cringy because he then they all sort of smother him with praise and then he gets to kiss the women of, of the crew, which was yeah. a bit cringy to watch, I thought. And that's kind of the intro of the series before, or intro of the episode before we kind of cut back to, to real life, where he's walking into an office and he's kind of overlooked as he's walking towards his, his office. So he walks past reception, he's ignored. He walks past someone making coffee. He's reluctant to, to, to make him a coffee. And as you go through, you realise that these people that are overlooking him are also the same people that were in, in the Star Trek episode, uh, the Star Trek scene at the start. But then the bit I thought was weird is he walked into an office with the word CTO on it. So he's obviously a very important guy. And if you if you think about it, you wouldn't overlook a CTO, would you, as, as like a normal person on, on the office floor? And he I mean, looked very insecure, didn't he? Very insecure, um, yeah. kind of nervous. Yeah, he looked, he looked very nervous, but he obviously comes across as, as quite unpopular. New starter comes into the office, which is this Lynette that you mentioned and she's obviously knows Robert from outside um, the outside world where she admires his coding um, and the way that he works so she's a she's a little bit he's a little bit of her hero at the start where she admires him and he's kind of not used to obviously that female attention or I guess any attention um, yeah. at, at yeah. all and she's in there admiring his you know his Starfleet and it becomes quite clear he's obsessed with an episode called Starfleet which is obviously based on Star Trek when he's got all the VHSs, all the DVDs. The company it comes out is named after USS Callister, which is from the show. And Callister was the name of the company um, that, that he's created, or this game he's created. And then we get introduced to James Walton, who I'm, I'm assuming is the CEO or or something along those lines. Is, is he, he seems to be running the place. And he makes us all away... Yeah, go on. So can I just stop you there, though, about when he's introducing about the show? Did you catch uh, the remark you made about Netflix? Yes. Yeah, I did clock yeah. about it, yeah. Because like I said, he's showing all the videos and then he, rem- he, he says something along the, the lines that Netflix now has the show for streaming or something, so nobody yeah. like, almost like collects it. So I found that was quite, I thought that was quite a funny in-joke, yeah. And very true of today's world, isn't yeah. it? With people yeah. of our generation who like to collect DVDs and now all of a sudden it's it's not thing anymore and almost like this this show itself where it all drops on the same day so i think it's almost kind of like that binge watching thing i think there was alluding to that a little bit yeah yeah agreed but then yeah then this guy called james walton comes in who either runs a company or works just alongside um robert i get the impression that he kind of took advantage of robert's intelligence and even though they should be working as peers he's all he's almost bossing him about as a as a superior yeah. um to him he then notices Lynette and it almost like swoops in and takes Lynette off him. Then at the end of the day, Robert goes home and plugs himself into a computer game with similar sort of technology we've seen, haven't we, before where they put a pod on the side of their, their head um, and they get yeah. transported into um, a, a different world. And it's at this point you realise that he is now entering into this game but he's created this this starship Starfleet game um, where he's the manager, and he he almost goes in and takes his frustrations out on the people that have wronged him during the day. So he goes over to James Walton's character and gets very angry with him, and gets almost he does get violent with him, doesn't he? And kind of throws him to the floor. The guy who kind of didn't want to make his coffee earlier, he made that guy go and make him a coffee, um, and it's almost like he took all his frustrations out, and then he left the game. And we realise at that point something's not quite right, don't we? We we know that something's um, a, a bit amiss. I think I think he you see on his computer as well. It's a special. So 
So this is what his company does, is this virtual reality game, but he's created his own, it's almost like his own server, hasn't it? And like I said, yeah, if I remember right, doesn't he, he strangles that James, doesn't he, or, or attempts to strangle him? And I think it's yeah, because yeah. he stormed in and took that Nanette for the tour of the company, do you remember? Correct, yeah, correct, yeah. yeah. And then it goes back, and I thought this bit was like, quite interesting, and in hindsight, it probably isn't as interesting, but at the time of watching, I thought it was. So then it goes, cuts back to the office and uh, Nanette and um, one of the girls are by the coffee machine um, and she's making uh, Robert a coffee. And I thought it was quite funny because she described the two, the people, she described Robert, um, not Robert Daly, she described uh, James Walton as the boss of a place. And Nanette goes, no, there's two bosses, isn't there? And she goes, is there? Who, who's the second one? Type, type of reaction. And then she explained Robert and then she, she didn't kind of get they were both in charge of a company. And I guess that just kind of sums up what's happened is that one guy's kind of taken over um, the, the direction of a company. And the other bit that I thought was interesting was she described James as, you know, he will screw anything that comes into the office. But he's a nice guy. I, I really like him. He's a nice guy. Yeah. And then she described Robert as, don't go too close to him because he gets starey. And I'm like, I was thinking to myself, I don't know which point, ones. Actually. I don't know which yeah. one's worse, isn't it? Like she described the guy that likes to sleep with anything that comes into the office as a really nice guy, and the one that's a little bit scary as a stay away from him. See, <laughs> I'm, I missed that, but that just continues to show how they treat him. That this Robert, how they yeah. look down on him. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but I thought, yeah, I thought that was kind of odd. In hindsight, it's kind of a right, right way round that one of them is yeah. a nice guy, one of them is a bad guy. But yeah. we didn't, yeah. we didn't know at that point, <laughs> right? So then, um, he Robert is over listening that conversation at that point, isn't he? He then obviously now feels like he has a bit of a grudge against Nanette. Not sure why, because she hasn't really done anything wrong at this point. But he has a bit of a grudge against her. He waits until everyone has gone home from the office. And he then goes and takes takes a coffee cup that she had been drinking um, during the day, takes that home and begins to take a DNA swab from it uh, and then loads that into his computer. And then it looks to begin kind of like an upload, doesn't it? Like a nine hours yeah. remaining. No, it's more than that, wasn't it? It's about 16 hours because he slept and then went to work. Um, so he begins uploading DNA um, into his computer. He then carries on going to sleep and then going into work the next day. When that gets to 100%, Nanette then wakes up in a spaceship. More like an MRI scanner, isn't it, to start with? She wakes up in yeah. like an empty room. She's then not sure where she is. She begins to walk around and it becomes clear that she's in the spaceship that was presented to us earlier. And this is the bit that's interesting, isn't it? Because then she kind of walks in on the other group of people that were already there and it's obvious they're no longer in character because the captain isn't there. So they're kind of having a drink and relaxing and Behind kind the of scenes, talking. isn't it? Yeah. Similar like a Toy Story type yeah. thing, isn't it? Where they, <laughs> yes, they, yeah. they could be their normal selves until the, the kid or until a grown-up walks yeah. in. So then she walks in and they begin to explain uh, what's happening and they then begin to work out. But Well, they don't. She begins to work out, but she is a digital clone that's been uploaded into this game and the other people in that game were also uploaded at some point and still have the memories from before they were uploaded. And that's the key thing is that they have their memories because she, rec like they say, oh, you must be a new girl so in the office because they haven't met her, but she knows them. So she recognizes them. So it's key to, yeah, it's key to say that this also brings the person's memories with them. Yeah. And it's also clear that each of these people have wronged, it seems to have wronged Robert in some way. And yeah. he's, he kind of uploads him at that point where he's, you know, miffed. Or, or in his mind. In, in his, his mind. mind, yeah. Yeah. In, in yeah. his mind. So, yeah, so we get to that point. Is there anything else you want to add at that point where they're on the spaceship? Because there's obviously quite a lot has happened up until then. No, I just, I, I mean, I found it funny because they, they played it like that. Like you said, they are just chilling, having drinks, at, you know, from the drinks cabinet. And it is the way they do it. Like they're just waiting for him to arrive so yeah. i found that quite funny compared to what we are have seen and what we are going to see and they're also because you begin to ask yourself and we quickly find out why but you begin to ask yourself a question why they haven't protested and why they're playing yeah. along with it yeah, um, yeah and they all seem quite defeated and it's quite evident when robert walks in and they begin to do a mission 
and he starts speaking to the net and the net is reliant, uh, reluctant or you know refused to do any of uh, the play acting and at that point he takes away you know he he takes away her face or her mouth and her nose yeah, and eyes yeah and she, she tries to escape yeah she just tries to escape but she's what does he say? She's she's struggling to she's got the sensation of struggling to breathe, but without a mouth to breathe from. Um, and it's quite clear that he's in complete control um, of this world, and that is why people are are playing along. Yeah, and he says she won't she won't die. She'll just he could leave her in that state forever. So she it's not it's not that she'd die either. So she'd be constantly suffering. Yeah. So it's absolute dominance there. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So she then begins to, to play along. Um, they then get zapped down to a planet to capture a bad guy called Zeldak. I think I wrote my name down as. But the interesting bit about this scene is not the, the battle scene itself, is when actually in real life, Robert's received a pizza delivery. So he pauses the game yeah. um, and they're kind of just standing around <laughs> waiting for him to come back. And then they start speaking to the bad guys, don't they? And they say that the monster that's in front of them was actually Debbie from marketing who wouldn't play along and she's now being punished <laughs> by being this monster. And again, you begin to see the element of control over this world he has because he's punishing anyone that doesn't want to play along and sends them off to be a bad guy for all eternity. And then he comes back. He's again the, the hero of the mission. He goes to kiss all the girls. When it gets to Nanette, Nanette says no and slaps him. Um but he says he's he's going to show mercy as long as he, he doesn't do it again. But, and then he disappears back into the real world. Anything else you want to add at that point? No, just to say that that monster, along with the villain, did actually look quite good, I thought, for a show like this. The effects the effects yeah. were good. And, yeah, I just, again, I crack, cracked up when they said, oh, it's yeah, it's Gillian from marketing, because it's a line you often hear in, sitcoms and shows just to yeah. reference and, and, and not when i say i know one as in not a main character and I, I just thought that was really funny when they said it like that yeah and it's the way they like just started talking so casually just in their yeah. get up as well wasn't it, it was, yeah because they're quite talking funny to the to monster watch. and the monster's nodding yeah. isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's like you're watching an outtake isn't it but it's not part of a show but then suddenly yeah. well, it is a part of a show because of the story which is quite well, you could good. be at that point you could be watching a spoof yeah, like a spoof or a sitcom, couldn't you? It's bizarre. It's bizarre. Yeah, exactly. So then Robert goes back into the world. Um, Nanette, who's obviously very, very clever, very, very technical, begins to piece together a few things that actually while... Because I think at this point they've explained that this environment that we're in, this version of the game, is a development environment, which is away from the real um, environment. So it's kind of disconnected in his own world. But then Nanette begins to realise there must be a link because he could hear the doorbell or something along those lines. So she begins to hack and she gets to the point where she can invite a friend. Um, so she invites herself from the real world with a message to say that they're all trapped um, in this development world. Nanette in the real world raises a concern almost that this link has been raised. So Robert is, is aware of it straight away of, of what's happened. So Robert comes storming back into the, the Starfleet um, bridge obviously quite angry but rather than punish Nanette he punishes I forget her name so I've Sharnia Sharnia he punishes Sharnia for kind of putting herself in front of Nanette and punish Sharnia to be a another monster um, of which gets taken away so again another demonstration of power but on that the, the process didn't look like it was pain-free did it when no no she looked like she looked like she was suffering yeah yeah but not to be deterred by this, she still wants to find a way out. And this bit I found quite interesting because they they came up with a plan and using her technical expertise and her spotting that an update was beginning to hit because as another side story of the game uh, of the show, we knew that a release was going to be released on the on the twenty fourth of December, and that looked like it kind of started on the dev environment that they were in. And she was like, well, let's fly into the loophole and we'll cease to exist. Not loophole, wormhole, sorry. And we would cease to exist, which I thought was interesting because they all see themselves in such hell, they would rather cease to exist than, than carry on in the in the punishment that they're currently doing, which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah, and being from IT world, which we are, I like this, again, a bit nerdy, but 
Yeah, like I said, they're releasing a patch and that was a patch arriving. And she goes, yeah, if we fly into that, we're going to hit the firewall, which will then destroy us because they're illegal code. And I just love that whole time, you yeah. know, kind of IT explanation. Um, yeah. I thought it was quite clever. Yeah, no, it was good. So we begin to, to, to go into a plan. When James Walton, he begins to show reluctance of, I don't, I just want to play along. I just want to get on with this game and, and just get through it. And they begin to question why. And then he told a horrific, which I thought was a horrific story about how um, James was put into this world to start with. It was, it was just him. Robert tried to break him continuously and he he stayed strong. But the bit where he kind of broke down was when Robert got the DNA of his son from a lollipop and brought his son into the game, showed him his, showed him his dad and then chucked him in an airlock. Know, and then opened the airlock, didn't they? And, and you know, he, I'm assuming at this point he would have been his son would have been kind of exist, but in pain forever. I don't know kind of how how that works. I think it actually killed him. I think because he said something like he he froze and then he would have been destroyed. But the thing is, because he's still got the lollipop, he could keep doing that. And yeah. that was the the threat to him was you know you've watched your son die and I can keep doing it and doing it and doing it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I thought that bit from Robert was actually inhumane. Like, yeah. all, all of yeah. us are a bit inhumane, but that that was peak. And when you see the flashbacks, like the evil look on Robert's face as he was doing it was just, yeah, not pleasant. Yeah, it's gone from being, whether you agree with it or not, and this will be our discussion, he's gone from taking out his anger on co-workers to now bringing in an innocent and doing something horrific to them. And just a child, right? A, ch- a child can't understand what's going on. No, exactly. And for, for all intensive persons, that child thinks he's real and thinks he, you know, yeah. it's him. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, not not a pleasant thing. But in the end, James goes along with a plan when they agree that the lollipop um, has to be destroyed or, or stolen from his DNA sample so he can't keep bringing his, his son in. Um, so they begin their plan. Robert comes back into the spaceship and uh, Nanette takes him to kind of a planet and is obviously at this point really playing along and I think he's kind of a little bit surprised and excited by the fact that she's she's playing along. So he zaps him down to a, this planet where they need to find something and she entices him into um, some water, so entices him to get undressed and go and paddling or swimming in, in this lake on this planet. At this point, the, the team zap up his connector and were able to to connect to the outside world and log into Nanette's photo cloud account um, because Nanette knows that there's photos on there um, which they can use as leverage to get Nanette in the real world to, to play along. So she, yeah. she's devised a plan where she's blackmailing herself based on the images that she doesn't like in, in her yeah. phone account, which is all a bit yeah. circular, circular blackmailing. Then they contact Nanette in the, in the real world and say, we've got these photos of you. And they send the text, don't they, um, with, with a yes. photo on. And we, we just want you to play along. And it must seem like a really weird blackmail, mustn't it? When you, when you think about what she did next, because what she did next was climb to Rob's apartment, order a pizza and steal a lollipop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, Basically just taking got... all the DNA out the fridge because he keeps all their DNA in his fridge, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, uh, can you just imagine getting, oh, God, I've got all these photos of you, I'm going to release to, I think you mentioned about releasing to Pornhub, didn't he, and releasing to the yes, outside yeah. world and stuff like yeah. that. And she goes, she's thinking, oh, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? You have to, one, go and order a pizza. <laughs> Two, you have to steal some DNA samples. Yeah. She must have been felt she let off quite lightly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then then that happens. And, and the idea of that was to distract Robert uh, with a pizza. Um, so they had enough time to one steal the DNA samples from the fridge and two get the spaceship uh, closer to the wormhole. Um, and there's a, there was a number of delaying tactics. The pizza was one, um, and secondly was that they the net obviously the real Nanette had obviously replaced the earbuds with fake ones. So it took him a little bit of a while to, to log back yeah. on again. Why the spaceship uh, races towards this um, wormhole? Black. Black hole, wormhole. wormhole um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then Robert comes back into the world. It kind of begins to realise what happens and is beginning to to chase them um, to kind of stop them, stop them getting there. As 
they realised time was short. They decided to, to navigate their way through an asteroid belt. And again, I thought this bit was interesting because they said, can you navigate through the asteroid belt? And I said, well, if we hit something, we could just be stranded or floating around in space forever. Mm. Um, and still yeah. they decided to risk it because they thought that permanently raising themselves would be better than any sort of life at this point. So they risk it and go through the asteroid belt. They managed to hit the last one. It looked like the last one just before they got there, uh, which destroyed some of the thrusters. Um, at this point, they were saying, well, actually, we one of us could go down there, but we're going to burn, but we're not going to die, which sounds horrific, doesn't it? That really is... Mm. is it's not a pleasant thought. Um, as they're deciding this, Walton has already gone down there um, and put himself on the line to repair the engine, burns himself to a crisp while staying alive. Then they... Um, managed to get going again. They pass through into this hole and then kind of the episode begins to start to finish. But then what is apparent moments afterwards is that when they pass through, they don't pass through into non-existence. They pass through into the actual cloud and they're now kind of in the live instance, whereas Robert has got stuck on his private instance, which is being deleted, uh, but he can't, can't get out. Um, he, he can't return to his real life, so he, he's kind of just in his real life. He's just sitting in his chair, zoned up, while the new crew—it's uh, not the new crew—but the the crew get into the cloud, and they all and they return to their normal bodies. They're now lo- no now no longer wearing the outfits from Starfleet, uh, but wearing their own outfits. The woman that was blue for the entire time has now returned to her normal self, and Robert and Shania. Shania um, come back in and they returns back to their, their normal forms as well so they're now in the cloud in the real life someone tries to connect to them from the real world who is playing this game and they think oh wow we can talk to someone and then they realise it's someone just trying to kill them because they're just trying to play a game which yeah, I thought was what have you finish. got to trade and they don't know what is going on about kind of thing and so yeah. they say nothing and he goes right you've got 10 seconds before I blast you and so yeah, yeah they just take off just that that was the thing you know that voice, that gamer at the end who's talking to them? Do you know who oh, that go is? Go on, go on, who is it? I, I didn't know this, I, I found it by looking up. That is Aaron Paul, that's it, from who's, who plays Jesse in Breaking Bad. Who is it? No, also, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's one. Remember I said at the start there's a few characters who have been in more than yeah. one episode. Now, I've not seen the other episode he's in, but yeah, apparently that was, um, yeah, it's Aaron Paul. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, that... That, that and that is the episode in a nutshell. There was before we go into discussing it, there was just a couple of things I'd picked up that I'd forgot to mention. So yeah, at the start, what I also found interesting was when Robert's walking through the office and he accidentally calls a couple of his colleagues by the names of the characters in the oh, game because they've got I didn't different clock names. That. Yeah. So there's something about him mixing reality. The bit where he tortures Nanette, you know, makes her face disappear, she comes back and she sits next to Shania and he tells her to locate the enemy. And this, I found this funny coming in a bit that where it was with that horrific scene. You know, she goes, she whispers to Nanette, doesn't she? She goes, just push any button. They all do the same thing. And she pushes a button and it magically locates the enemy. (laughs) There was another funny scene where, again, she's worried about, you know, after he kisses them, I think the second time and she slaps him and Robert goes back, they reassure her. They say, don't worry, the affection can't go past kissing because they've got no genitalia. And do you remember? Yeah, that, that was James, funny, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, he pulls his trousers and his underwear down and it's all, it's like a, it's like a Barbie doll, isn't it? They said yeah. it's like, so, um, and, and that's then when, um, I mean, she uses a, a, a more vulgar term, but she gets angry. She says, stealing my genitalia has gone over the line, doesn't she? And that's yeah. what spurs her into doing that plan. So I don't know if you noticed, but at, at the end as well, when they got their bodies back and they realised they got their genitalia back, all of a sudden, one of the females and males just looked at each other a lot more longingly. And oh, I didn't notice well, that, no. Yeah, they obviously became attracted to each other in that instance because their genitalia had just, just been uh, returned. Okay, so what's your thoughts about the episode? There's a lot of moral things going on in there, right? Um, I think this episode is brilliant. I, I think it's really good. I think it is a true Black Mirror episode. I think it gets you thinking about some of the morals and the kind of the, the themes that play through the episode, which is quite good. And, you know, when is a life a life? Um, you know, these people have consciousnesses, yeah. but are, are they lives because they're digital? Should we treat them like that? But they've been implanted with these people's memories, so surely they are some sort of life form, aren't they? 
That's interesting because I've got because I did have Toy Story here, by the way, as well. What you said, oh, did you? That spot on, yeah, because it, it it does feel like <laughs> a Toy Story. But yeah, my first point was, are they real? And again, it is real. It's a dilemma because it's as you say, they are technically digital representations of themselves, but they feel, they've got emotion and they've got their memories, so yeah, they are real. They're not a computer character, right, or a cartoon. They. Exactly, but I just wonder. Yeah, it's the consciousness, isn't it? They are conscious life forms that they might not have a a physical body, but they are. Because it's not the real person. Because the real per- people are in the real world, and they're not being affected in any way. But yeah, these people you can see they are in fear, aren't they? They live in fear, and they feel pain. Yeah, because I did see a comment about is it comparable to to what we do in video games and it's like no because video games are characters you can do a lot of violent things in video games but they are just pixels and coding but to the outside world that might be how they see so to robert this might be exactly how he sees these people as just like pieces yeah. of code yeah but he's uploaded yeah. dna as well isn't he yeah i mean and this was another funny thing i've seen because apparently charlie brooker gets a lot of complaints by people saying that dna can't upload memories so he had a whole other thing about it being you know the um entire history of you the grain technology yeah there was a whole sub sub story about they also had that so we had to nick the dna and that but he said in the end sort of like f it i'm just going to get their dna and upload it that's the story <laughs> the question is though then and, and it's funny because before we press recording i said something and you threw a comment back at me is robert a bad person he is definitely misunderstood. But what's interesting is he, he's not evil in the real world, is he? And if you think about it, he, he doesn't, he's not mean to anyone physically. He's only mean to people in this digital world. So does he... I don't know. I think he must be... It must be in him somewhere. Yeah. In his consciousness to do some of the things he did. But is it just... You know, is it just the abuse of power he gets because he's he's in charge of this whole alternative world, but then he's not in charge of his own company? I, d- I don't know. To the outside world, he's probably not. He's probably just weird. But to that digital world, he's what do they call him? An arsehole god, don't they? In, yes, in the episode, yeah, that's what I refer yeah. to him as. Yeah. That's exactly exactly true. And what he did with Robert's, uh, not Robert's son, um, the CEO's son, James, yeah, just, yeah. James's son. It's just it's horrific. And that for me is the where the the line blurs now because we've just said these are digital people and we've said technically I mean it depends in that world what the law is about whether digital people clones would be real or not I guess yeah you're spot on he's not doing this in the real world so it's not like he's attacking people or or doing anything criminal in the real world other than stealing DNA um, but he's going into a game to intentionally attack and assault people that he's got grudges with in the real world. Now, we saw, like I said, when that James swooped in and took the net for the tour, the first thing he did was go in and throttle him in the game. Yeah. And then, yeah, the bit to bring his son in to kill him and threaten to keep doing it, that's a definite line, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's it's interesting how he, he can't, confront James in the real world, isn't it? And like stand up to him. Yeah. Um, and what I thought was quite funny when, when James was like demanding an update for the, the patch and he said, don't ask people, you've got to tell people like I'm telling you. And then he kind of backtracks on that a little bit, doesn't he? Because he, he really, they're partners rather than a boss colleague yeah. uh, relationship. But it's, it's interesting how he doesn't, stand up to James in real life, but can do it in the virtual reality world so unbelievably easy. Yeah. Um, like he can't even have an argument in the real life. He keeps backing down, doesn't he? Um, I guess that is real life, right? Because we've, you know, we've got that term keyboard warriors and we know that there are people that behind, yeah. and we've said it on here a number of times, they get behind that fake persona. Yeah. Or you can say something to someone around the other side of the world because you know the chance of you ever running into them are like a million to one. 
Yeah. And these people all of a sudden get the courage to say what the hell they want on online, but in real life wouldn't even dream of it. So yeah. it's it's just the manifestation of that in a real life environment. Yeah. But also as well as he he should hold some power in the real world of his job title. Yeah. Like he's the CTO of a company and you know, how is he in a position where he's going through reception and he's being ignored at the door and then being <laughs> told, Oh, we've expired yeah. your pass on the first. But that's a Saturday, I think it was, or it wasn't yeah. it was at the weekend. As a CTO, he should be able to turn around and say, That doesn't happen again. Like yeah. you know, you update my pass for me, or almost to a point. And you know, recognition as he comes in, but he's obviously not he can't use that position in the real world to have yeah. any influence over his colleagues. Yeah. And there is a scene where I can't remember which two characters it is, but he's in his office and he looks at them and they're looking at him and laughing. Now, the assumption is they're laughing at him. We don't know because we don't know what they're saying. But again, it's that whole lack of respect, isn't it? And that lack of authority that he shows. Yes, yeah, indeed. An interesting thing is also, (laughs) and they kind of actually do it, but the characters in the game have got their memories right. So whilst he doesn't do it, what's to stop him interrogating and torturing them to get secrets about them to use in the real world? Yeah. And yeah, and that's true. something that really could happen. And, and again, is something where you'd say, right, there's got to be a line drawn on this because they do have their memories. And it's only because Nanette is a coder, isn't she? That that's how they she she was able to work out how to escape. But What's to say that he can't blackmail them to do harm in the real world? Because he could, you know, he could have got those photos out himself, couldn't he? He could have almost blackmailed the net himself with, with the photos yeah. that he had. Or well, it could almost be like going up to that James and say, right, tell me how you did this or tell me what, yeah. what this, it, 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 do you know what I mean? Some secrets about him or some dirty secrets or some some dark secrets that they want held private. All of a sudden he's got them at his fingertips now. Which makes me thinks makes me think he doesn't want to treat people on the outside world badly and just the people on the inside world. That is, you know, it's really his escape from reality, and he can boss his people out almost like in his dreams, can't he? Uh, but not have to yeah. do it in real life because because you're right, he could use James's son against him to and almost deconstruct the company or his his position as. CEO and find a way to get him out of that job if he wanted to, but he obviously doesn't use that. The, the funny thing is, it's the characters themselves who blackmail the real life instance, like like you when yeah. you were saying. Yeah. And, and again, I found that funny, isn't it? Because it's the whole social account hacking, revenge porn kind of thing. Because it's clearly you don't see the pictures, but as they're going through, well, you see a first view, and and there's a couple where she's in her underwear, and then it just flicks to their faces, and they're looking shocked. And I think one of them says something like. Oh, she's got a gymnastic figure, hasn't she? And that's <laughs> kind of what makes you, you you know kind of what they're looking at. But it's funny that whole thing about almost like revenge porn element is in is in this episode as well. And again, it's it, sort of another alluding to social media. And it's funny that the cartoon, not cartoon, the digital versions are the ones doing the blackmailing of the real life people. Yeah. And and if you think about it. They've now made her commit a cr- criminal act. She's broken into his apartment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very true. So the only real bad person at the moment is Nanette in the real world. Yeah. Because she's committed yeah, a crime. And, if, oh, oh, and that's the other thing. Because what I was going to ask you, so technically what happens to him at the end? Because he's got to die now, right? I think that's what they were trying to portray him dying and just sitting there like passing away because he couldn't get out. Because he also, do you remember when the pizza man came, he put do not disturb on his door, didn't yeah. he? So no one's going to disturb no him. Go and he, he seems like quite a lonely figure, so I don't think anyone's going to be calling him anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. The irony is they've also now killed him. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They should lock them all up. It's, it's, go it's, back. It's, Sorry, go it's on. Interesting. No, no, I was going to say that. When you start thinking about it like that, that's really interesting now, isn't it? Yeah. Who is the real villain? (laughs) Going back to him not being able to say to real people what he says to people in the game, just a simple example of that is asking the guy for a coffee. Like, obviously in real life, he goes up to him while he's already making a coffee and says, oh, could I have this? And there's a very awkward conversation 
where he doesn't want to be too direct and he doesn't actually want to make him a coffee. But in the game, when he goes back into into the, the VR set, he goes, can you make me a coffee, latte with sugar or whatever the coffee order is, and just says it so directly, which is obviously what he wants to say in real life because he's the CTO of a company. He should be able to say that. Um, but he obviously goes back, to, he goes into the game at night to just replay replay that conversation. That's the funny thing, isn't it? Because as you're saying, you think you could use that experience to bring into the real world. I mean, there's always, you know, wherever you go, there are courses about confidence and projection and things like that. And you think that's a perfect environment to learn those behaviours. <laughs> so is this, is this your verdict? You want him to go on some effective influencing courses rather than go into the game? <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, why isn't he learning, like you said, about when he asked that bloke or demanded that coffee, why doesn't he do that bit in a real game? I'm not saying he should do everything else, but why isn't he taking the learnings from that? <laughs> but, but basically then, to sum up what we said, so I think we've said that Nanette is the real villain in this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I said that. No. I think Nanette was um, trying to escape. I mean, just to, to loop back to the whole thing though like are they real is what he's doing wrong um, I remember there was a game I don't know if you heard of it called Red Dead Redemption 2 I've heard of it don't know and it's it set in like the wild west and so it's done by the Grand Theft Auto people and, and what was interesting was you could almost do to some extent what you wanted and when people found that you could kill people in really unusual ways like you can you could uh, lasso them you could leave them on a train track for a train to come and kill them. You could throw them into water so a crocodile could come to eat them. People were trying to go above and beyond to see creative ways to kill people. So is that wrong? If we're saying what he's doing in the game could be wrong. Now, again, the difference being clones with memories, computer pixels, but people are using their their, their, their minds to try to think of really creative ways to torture and kill people in a game. So is there any difference? I guess from from this point of view, from this episode, we're seeing it from the perspective of the computer characters, as if they are people. Yeah. But if you saw it from the other's perspective and had no idea, you know, if you if, if you were seeing it from Robert's perspective and you had no idea that these computer characters had feelings and you just saw what he saw, you would probably think he's really weird, but he's not doing anything wrong. Yes, though, he knows they've got feelings because that's why he did the whole thing with the son yeah, and yeah, the way true. he tortures them. So he knows. So that's, that's the key thing is he knows what he's doing is terrible. Yeah. If anything, it spurs him on because like you said, the key thing is the way he looks when he's thrown the son out the airlock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was evil. While I was looking into this, did you know, though, um, we have got something, at least in this country, called the Human Tissue Act, which means you can't take someone's DNA and sequence it without them knowing. So this shouldn't happen, hopefully. Oh, what you mean if people stick to the law? That's all right, then, isn't it? Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of laws I feel feel like get broken, but as long as you know this one's going to be kept to, that's all right. Oh, that was the other thing. Again, sorry, just to go back to the fact that these people, these characters have got feelings. The the villain, well, the villain in the game, what's it, Valdak? Yeah. In one scene, he gets shot, doesn't he? They almost defeat him and he's lying on the floor and he goes, I've been a good enemy, haven't I? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, he's almost saying, basically, put me out my misery. Yeah. And he, he doesn't, does he? Yeah. Still, and, and and again, that just says it all that the character is sort of like asking to be to be put out of misery. I wish it. I wish it had explained why Valdek or who he was in the real world. Don't you? Like, do you? I feel like you did really see him cool. a couple of times, didn't you? He is someone in the office, but I you didn't there. know. Yeah, but but like you, I almost want to know what he then did, unless it's just again he slighted him in some way. But yeah, you kind of know James. You kind of know Nanette. And the other guy all is just because he doesn't make coffee. The receptionist just because he, she doesn't want to buzz him in through the, yeah. the security. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the moral is be nice to everyone you see. Generally, though, <laughs> about the episode, what do you think? I did love the whole Star Trek feel. That was cool. And, you know, in the first scene, they didn't do it throughout. In the first scene, they did it very 
they filmed it in that way as yeah, well, didn't they? It Where it appeared old. like an old, yeah, it looked like an old style um, program. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I did, I did really like it. And he kind of spoke like him, didn't he, William Shatner? It, it, yeah, is Captain Kirk. I thought that was really good. I know I really liked the look of it because again, it was bright and colourful. Yeah, and also as well, you, you mentioned that um, it was written by the same guy as wrote the webcam one. Um, yeah. Shut up and dance. Yeah, I can kind of see the similarities because it's all about the control, isn't it? And mis- yeah. misabusing yeah. mis- abusing the power. Yeah, uh, that you yeah. have over people. Um, or abusing that sense of control, um, so I can kind of see that maybe he, maybe he's a, maybe the writer's a bit messed up. Does he write any more with maybe there's any themes like this? We'll find out. But what I like, well, the reason why I mentioned that was because yeah, Shut Up and Dance was quite bleak and and grey, wasn't it? Whereas this is really colourful. So I just found the combination of those two things to be quite interesting and. Yeah, like I said, it is it is funny in places. It is a, it is an interesting episode. And the other, the other thing as well, which I mentioned just before we do scores as well, because we've we talked about this a lot when we've been doing the scores, that we've we've sometimes marked episodes down because we didn't feel the ending was right. Mm. Whereas this ending, I thought was satisfactory. I thought I say satisfactory. It was, it was a good ending. It felt like the right ending where the perceived bad character got his comeuppance and uh, they managed to escape from this world. I think that was good. Yeah, and they've gone off and they're they're living an adventure in space now, right, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I like like that. Like I said at the beginning, I thought this was Black Mirror was going to continue with that group of people and go into missions in a a digital game. Well, it's funny you say that because I think I did see something along the lines of that. He said if if any episodes could easily have sequels, it would be this one because you could almost follow them on some adventures. Uh, yeah. You know, you, basically, we we might have a Star Trek spin-off from Black Mirror. <laughs> Before we go into scores, I, Easter eggs. I, I've got some things which can be Easter eggs. Kirsten Dunst apparently is very appears very briefly in this episode. Uh, she Where? happened. Well, this was it. She uh, she must be in the office because she happened to be visiting her partner, who was Jesse Plemons, and her cameo was unplanned. So she must have been a real blink and you miss it the start oh wow the vr interface used for infinity is the same model as seen in san junipero yeah this i I love these little ones because you wouldn't necessarily pick it up unless you're an avid you pay attention to all the details but michaela cole who plays shania asked nanette to make her a brushed suede drink brushed suede is what bryce dallas howard's character orders in the episode nosedive in which she played the air stewardess I can't imagine, like, it takes real ability to be able to spot something like that, doesn't it? Such yeah. two faraway lines from two episodes. I love that little level of detail to which they go into. Aaron Paul makes a voice cameo as Gamer691. In Men Against Fire, Raymond mentions she grew up on a farm. And here, in this episode, we see them drinking Raymond branded milk, which again is a cool little one. There's one about an upcoming episode, so I'm not going to mention it here because I don't want to spoil that one. This was funny because they mentioned a couple of planets in there where they're looking for things. And I picked up that they gave these planets specific names, but I couldn't work out why and what they were. And it might have been because I'm playing a space game at the moment on the Xbox that these things might sound similar. But the two planets named in the episode are Rannoch and Skelane which are the surnames of the killers in White Bear. Yeah, I got the Scalane one. Um, I oh, didn't did you? The, oh, you think... the other one, yeah, yeah. I didn't. Got two more. When we first meet Elena, who's a receptionist, she is on a dating app on her phone. And this, oh, this is an upcoming one. This is revealed as the same. No, I'm, I'm not going to say this one. It's the same dating app that Cooper uses in Playtest. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't say that here, no. Is, well, it I... says it's... Well, here it says it's one coming up in Hang the DJ, an episode called Hang the DJ. But... Yes, it's, it happens in two. So it happens in a future one and a past one as well. Okay. So okay. it does happen in playtest. The last one you see, you know when the main character tries to reconnect to Infinity after he gets the pizza order yeah. and she swapped that bud thing out. It doesn't work. He pulls it off, blows on it to try again and that's like how we used to do the old game cartridges back in the day do you remember when the game didn't work you pull the cartridge out you're blowing it and put it back in so yeah those were the only things i had so before we go on to the score then is there anything else you want to say about the episode 
No, I don't think so. Just all round brilliant episode, I feel. So what is your score then? I'm going to give this... It's difficult. I can't remember what I've given the other ones, but I'm going to give it above nine. I think I'm going to go 9.2. Okay, well, I was going to help you out and say, in terms of nines, you gave the entire history of you a nine. You yeah. gave Be Right Back 9.5. You gave White Christmas a 9.2 and Nosedive a nine. Those were your nines. I'm going to go 9.1. I'm going to slot it above those nines and move it below those other two. Okay, it's fair enough. I think the same. I, I think it's a really good episode. One in an episode in and of itself, but also for you know some of the moral stuff we've been speaking about. For me, I think it's just slightly below. So I, in my head, I was giving it nine point two, which is which works out because it's just below White Christmas and San Junipero, which for me makes sense. So yeah, I'm I'm giving it nine point two. So yeah, good good scoring episode there from us. Yeah, next episode is one I don't remember just by the name of it. It's called Archangel. So I don't know. No, I don't remember. It rings any bells. But yeah, so that will be the next episode. So before we go, is there anything else you want to say? Um, No, not for me. I just want to shout out the chaps at Seismic Cinema. They've said some very nice things about us on Twitter slash X, whatever it's called now. So thank you and a big shout out to those guys. I think we'll leave it here then. Like I said, catch us on the next episode of Casting Reflections on Black Mirror, which will be Season 4, Episode 2, Archangel. If I want your opinion, I will give it to you. Come on, check what we've got, because you need it. Don't make us get a spark and force feed it. Come on.